0: CliffCentral.com People
1: are you ready? Let's start the show. Show, show. Let's start the show. show, show, show. Don't worry about the present day. He can't stop us now. now. He can't stop us now. now, now. Calling out to all every group, we gon' make this shit happen right here, right now. Oh, every crisp we gon' make this shit happen right here, right now. Welcome
0: to it, welcome to the Bounce Show this Monday Wow, the Proaches have just beaten the Aussies What a test match that was After day one, they were getting a serious dicking It was six of the best trousers done, it was not good And all the Proaches fans were dejected Like, well, like most SA fans now without the sport But then day two, well, it got even worse Dale Stane kind of broke his shoulder again But they've come back and they have just, just won We've got Dan Liebke from Australia be joining us just in a bit and he'll be giving us a more somber aftermath perhaps, but knowing Dan, he'll see the lighter side of this. And as always, he's a fantastic cricket pundit. So could be very excited to have him on. We've also got rugby to talk about. We've got football to talk about. We've got Andy Murray in and tennis to talk about. You have come to the right place. Whether you're listening live, chat to me on the Twitter at FollowTheBounce. We can pick up your talking points there. Or if you're listening on podcasts, always feel free to drop me a mail or just tweet me after the show. It's ben at the and at follow the bounce on Twitter we need to get right into it we've got so much to get in my, my friend AK is back and he's got the weekend sort of wrap up as far as what we look out for there was sure I I was aware and I'll get into what I did in the weekend a little bit later in the show but uh, yeah there was just so much action and at the time it was good action it was just like I'm so tired of seeing our teams losing dying rolling over not this week though which is so exciting as you can tell exciting exciting intro but anyway AK over to you
1: yeah Okay cool man um, Yeah we're starting off Some cricket as well In an unbeaten century From Tahanjaya de Silva Put Sri Lanka in control Of the second and final oh, test Hang on
0: a second Hang on a second Sri Lanka in Zimbabwe right now Yeah They won the first one?
1: Yeah, they're playing their second test now. They they Actually, it it was day one yesterday at the Harare Sports Club. Now, De Silva arrived at the crease with Sri Lanka struggling on about 112 for four after losing the toss and being asked to bat. But now they showed, um, well, actually he showed great application than Sri Lanka's top order and hit his second test entry. In just his 5th game So yeah man He he he, he had a 143 run partnership 5th wicket partnership With Upal Taranga and Then they, he ended up Unbeaten on 100 As they closed day 1 On 290 for 5 So yeah Well done to them And the game is still on now So for more cricket news Now Rassi van der Darsen Was involved in Two key partnerships As the Highford Lions survived a possible Final day Nerves to draw Their Sanford series Clash against the Titans Now there was a lot of rain In the game In Potch And van der Darsen um, yeah, actually Fonda Dawson struck an unbeaten 76 of um, 175 with 11 fours As the host reached 187 for two in their second innings Now the draw was enough for the Titans to consolidate their position at the summit of the table After they walked away with 7.82 points Now the home side um, ended with 4.12 But now um, apart from the five-team group at the top All on two wins apiece at the midpoint of the competition so, yeah, I'm, um, it's heating up at, um, with the Sunfall series on so our, uh, Boxing News. So Philippi- where, hang on, hang on a second. How do these, how do these points work? Um, it, it, it works well. They, they, they lost out on a day, actually. So it's, it's usually a four day game. So one day it was rained out. So, um, I think, yeah, that, that's how they, it's, yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot to it, you know, but, um, yeah, they, they are, the titans are on or they got 7.82 points from this game and the lions got um 4.12 so it's sort of a winning draw for for for, for the lions then the the titans so i guess that's why they actually walked away with um that that amount of points then but, the but but is it is it because of run score is it wickets taken is it defeat margins everything defeat margins uh, uh, as i said um they, they they didn't play a day so who knows well, what could have happened in those 100 overs that are going to be bowled in the day so i mean that kind of played a role as well you know like the duck with lewis yeah it's sort of similar stuff i guess so yeah that's all right Yeah man, we've got some um, boxing news now Filipino Pacquiao reclaimed his WBO welterweight For the third time beating former champion Jesse Vargas In his comeback fight on Saturday night Now the 37-year-old systematically dismantled the former welterweight champion Now despite his size and reach advantage So thumbs up to the politician for his win. Some football now before we wrap things up, the Red Devils returned to winning ways in the Premier League as they scored or recorded rather a comfy three one victory over Swansea at Liberty Stadium. Now the Swans had no answers to United's play and movement yesterday as a visitors bossed position in South Wales, elsewhere in the Barclays. Big wins for Blues and Liverpool as as Chelsea beat the Toffees 5-0. Liverpool were 6-1 victors um, when they met up with Watford City. One all draw between Arsenal and Tottenham. And in African football, 17 goals were scored over the weekend In the Talcum knockout quarterfinals Which is a good thing for South African football Knowing well how a country struggles to find the back of the net in most occasions So now this means Cape Town City, Orlando Pirates, Free State Stars And Supersports United all going through to the semifinals of this year's edition And that was your mind a quick dish out on the Bond Show with Ben Kopinski I'm AK, this is Cliff Central So Sundown's
0: out of another Yeah, they're out there, lost
1: 3-1 so it's, in Super SuperSport United, so yeah, they they came back. But from, they've been playing a lot of games though, so yeah, I think yeah, sure. yeah, it's.
0: But I mean, like you would think that they got a big enough, good enough squad that they can kind of stay.
1: Yeah, you know, but I guess things. you see now what happens when you use the same players because you know they they've never rested guys like Um Shompokekana, Kalmbillie, who have been performing for Sundowns, so they've been playing. I mean, a lot of football. So I think it's 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 starting to show that the boys are actually tired and they need a bit of a break.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's the whole rotation thing. <clears throat> yeah, but you mean like so they defending champs of that they're gone. PSL locally they're not looking so flat. Yeah,
1: they they they, they had a slow start, so that, that that had a huge role. You know, I'm um, going into other tournaments. You know, like the Talcum knockouts, they they were never up for it and. Well, well, they they never really qualified for the CAF um, Champions Next Round, but you know the. So I mean, I still find that so interesting
0: how it, it was such a backdoor win that. Yeah, like, so you're not in the tournament, but wait, well, hang a second. Those guys are dodgy, so you come back and then you win it. That's yeah. But now for the Telco knockout, who do you reckon is going to win? Because Pirates have just lost a manager, but they, mm. okay, they're through. Cape Town City, they look, they look decent, but at the same time, they're not amazing. Like, they, they've gone through winning a few big games, but then they're kind of full flat. Yeah. And then you've got, um. FISA Stars, they. Yeah. Handy. Super Sport United as well.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm backing, uh, Okay, let me say uh, I would like to see A Super Sports United Free State, to- Free State Stars um, um, Final And I would like to see Free State Stars Going to win it Because they, they, they've they been um, Surrounded by controversy Themselves With the coach Firing the coach Him resigning Coming mm-hmm. back again And you know Now they, they never expected To see themselves um, um Competing for The semi-final And the final. So um, they beat Vitz 3-0 yeah. They led twice Against Kaiser Chiefs Yesterday But Chiefs were, were They didn't take The chances so they ended up winning penalties, I think five, six or yeah. yeah. So if you say so, I'm putting my money on them, I think they should go on and take it. I'm a pirates fan, but you know <laughs> they but you're also do a it.
0: sports person so you understand that. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much. Okay, well we've got um we got Dan. It's going to be um, – I just lost Pelesa in the window there. We've got Dan's going to be joining us talking about the crickets. Uh, so, yeah, the Proteas have just recorded that win. 177 runs they've won by, which was just so incredible considering the fact that they went a bowler down. And we've got only two seamers in a test at the WACA that really is just unheard of i mean there's been some heroic wins in the past for the proteas but nothing quite like this so i've got a lot of things to share with you as we go on the show andy murray of course we've got to give him all the credit for with the unit world number one Absolutely amazing. And, of course, the All Blacks beat Ireland. Who wow. would have ever have thought that? <laughs> I wouldn't have. But, like, that game, I didn't end up betting on it. Um, I just thought, no, I don't, I don't feel too good about this. It's <laughs> going to be in, in America. It's a strange place for these people. They could be distracted. So, um, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the cricket now. We've got Timba Bavuma being such a hero. Uh, there's the run out. He was boating bloody well earlier. So, we're going to get this. It's the intro. into getting our chat with Dan on
1: takes some catching now he wants the single and they hit them I think he's got their their charging they think oh the direct hit often if it's close could be just out
2: and the pick up and throw was quick I tell you what it's going to be close oh I think he's out here this is sensational fielding from Babuma. wow can you believe it a run out that's creating something from nothing. Energy in the field, wonderful stuff, and the huge you. wicket you can load the of David the Warner. Look at that. Well done, Bavuma. Great fielding. Wow. And
1: it was brilliance in the field. Warner thought he was home, and I'm not sure that he wasn't really pushing that bat out in front of him.
0: Bavuma, doing some terrific work there from uh, short point. He's in mid-air when he's fired that thing. Well, he is starting from off the back foot. He was well behind the crease when he played the shot, and when you're playing off the back foot like that, there is it just takes a little bit of time to get started. But how he's how he's done that? I you know sometimes you see guys pick it up and fire it underarm and. Then they sort of go in the air after they've let go of the ball, but he actually picked it up and got himself into the mid-air. That was maybe it. one of the highlights of the match for me because Warner's their best batsman without doubt. So, uh, we're gonna cross over to Dan now. Dan, was that, was that run out the best you've seen since John T pissed Inzaman Huckoff in the 90s?
2: I think it could be. It was pretty special, wasn't it? I've, I've seen it so many times on replay now that I can, um, I, I can visualize it just listening to that audio there.
0: Well, yeah, it was such a, a pivotal stage in the game because, well, I don't know how to actually start this without trying to sound smug, which I'm not going to, and that's not the reason I want to chat to <laughs> you today. I just thought that that run out just showed that this team has so much fight in it, and it's going to be a great series. But are you surprised at all by what's happened here from from your side, from your perspective?
2: Uh, I'm a little surprised at how easily they they uh, that South Africa managed to come back, given that they lost stain that they. Yeah, you know, effectively uh, they didn't have AB de Villiers there. AMLA didn't do anything the entire test, so South Africa were, were just brilliant the way they came back. And I really, I was really surprised at how much Australia capitulated. I mean, we, we got used to seeing them capitulate over in Sri Lanka, but to see them do it at home, that's that's something else.
0: Do you almost feel like um, the cracks that were shown in Sri Lanka were kind of ignored because it was subcontinent, and people almost think, well, you know, spinning pitches they don't really matter.
2: I'm not. I'm not sure they think it. They don't really matter. I just think that they suspected that wouldn't be as relevant. Well, particularly on the wacker, for example. Yeah. Um. But yeah.
0: Well, it is a bit of a frustrating start. So, um, just personnel-wise, looking at it, just to kind of review. Uh, I mean, it just happens so quickly. I really thought that while I would interview you now, there would still be a fight on our hands. But um, Tim Bavuba, who would have known it? He's also a fearsome fast bowler. On top of the fact he's a handy batsman, a good uh, good fielder. So. Uh, bat- batting-wise, this opening partnership is now going to be rocked because apparently uh, Marsh has a broken finger, so he won't play in the second test.
2: Yeah, this is what I hear. Uh, Australia had announced that there were going to be no changes going into the second test, so th- uh, this is presumably their loophole to get around that, but they, they I think they broke the wrong Marsh's finger.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so who are we likely to see coming into the second test now as far as partnering up with Warner?
2: I think Joe Burns will be the front runner, although they've also put uh, Callum Ferguson on standby. Okay. So, uh, but Burns up Burns, Burns opened with, with uh, Warner for most of last summer. So he'd be the front runner, I think.
0: All right. Then you've got Kawaja, who's obviously in decent touch, the 97, until he was undone by the brilliance of, of Dumini, uh, which again <laughs> is, isn't great. Uh, Steve Smith, out of all the Aussies, obviously the most pressure is on him right now because, um, you know, there's been this long legacy of amazing captains from. You know, from war to ponting to, well, clock, I suppose, can be put into that. Now, Steve Smith is meant to be the next sort of, you know, in the next dynasty of captains. Do you reckon he's like this is going to make or break for him or is he just going to kind of just be given more time to get better?
2: He'll be given more time. I, th- I think the interesting thing is that up until that Sri Lankan tour, he had never lost a test as captain. And now suddenly he's lost four in a row. So it's certainly, certainly a challenge for him.
0: Yeah, I suppose you can't be too – that's the thing. People don't really look back too far. It's like you can't lose in a situation like this. You can't do a situation like that. But it, there's no one else that really you – you don't want to burden Warner with captaincy. Smith is going to be that guy. So definitely need a bit more time. Um, old man Adam Voges, what's the story with him? Do you reckon this is anything to be concerned about? Because he was being so consistent up until now.
2: Yeah, I'm beginning to think he may not be as good as Bradman after all. He's, um, <laughs> his, his average has dropped from 97.46 to 67.41 in the space of five tests. So all those Bradman-esque claims, they've kind of faded away, as they always do. But it's, anno- <laughs> it's annoying because it, qu- it was quite amusing for a while there when he was right up there with, with the Don.
0: <laughs> all right, and then we've got uh, the, big, the big concern here. So Mitch Marsh, uh, firstly, you guys got to have a Mitchell so you know if you take we do
2: we've still got stark
0: yeah but you can't have one mitchell you got if you haven't got two mitchells you've got nothing
2: yeah apparently so um then, yeah but there must there must be another mitchell there somewhere
0: okay so then you got down to the one mitchell quota um one marsh already broken a finger so he's kind of in for first and second name now which really does cement him for the rest of the series is that really going to be a bad thing though
2: uh, it's, it's, not a great thing if you're an Australian fan. I think, I think poor old Mitch has had plenty of chances and he's, he's never really come off. Uh, and, um, but on, you know, on the other hand, we, we complained about Watto for what seems like 10 years. So I think Master just, you know, slotted into the Shane Watson frustration number six slot almost seamlessly.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Neville looks pretty handy. Uh, obviously decent with the gloves and, um, a 60 knot out here with cemented. Now, going into this bowling attack, right? Is it going to change much as far as, um, with the change of the pitch? I mean, is Hobart going to say maybe bring someone in a little bit slower, like another spinner, or is this going to be pretty much the, this is the core for bowlers going forward now?
2: Uh, I, I think unless somebody breaks their fingers, um, there, there'll be this, will be the same squad. I guess the question is whether many comes in for, you know, they, they probably don't want to get rid of Stark or Hazelwood. Will, will he come in and re- replace uh, Siddle? Pro- maybe. that. I mean, they, they could perhaps do with a, a fresh Ebola, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure. They're not going to bring anybody else in if, if their claims over the last few days are to be believed.
0: So, okay, one down in the series, not all lost, of course, and then obviously there's the Adelaide test, which I think is going to be hugely exciting. And taking away someone like I'm that. going to that LA test. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited. Well, I'm massively jealous. That's going to be incredible. But uh, do you not think that, like, every team goes through ebbs and flows? And I'm saying this because I'm South African and my team is, well, pretty much always in the bottom side of that spiral. Like, I have endured so much pain and so much heartache that I understand processes. Is it... Is it a bit of a surprise for you now, as as an Aussie in cricketing sense, to actually see a team that's more than mortal? It's actually quite flawed, or is this kind of like something you guys aren't completely surprised about?
2: I'm not really surprised. It's been going on now for oh, close to a decade of uh, pr- pretty much since Warner and McGrath retired. It's been a average to maybe slightly above average team, with the occasional peaks above that and the occasional dips below that. Um, but, you know, I had 15 years of watching Australia be one of the best teams ever. And, yeah, that's, that's plenty. That's enough for one lifetime.
0: But, yeah, I guess it's like an aura. Like <laughs> like when we wake up in the morning to watch cricket, it's, it's like genetically ingrained in us that we're about to take a hammering ever since the days of Warren versus Cullendon. So when I, yeah. went, when I woke up this morning, I thought, hang on a second. Are we actually just not paying attention to things? Because this is another Proteus' third win. At, at the WACA itself, and out of four, the other one was a draw. It's like we can finally actually look at things. The invincibility of the Australians is well and truly gone, and the fact that they can even collapse to spin at home is also something that's completely new for us to see.
2: Yeah, but I guess it shouldn't be too surprising. I mean, South Africa won their last two series where they've come to Australia, so it's, they're, they're certainly. They certainly should have some confidence there that they can they can do it in Australian territory. Australia haven't beaten South Africa at home since I don't know, 2004, I think.
0: I guess what makes it tougher is when they come over here and give us an, as an absolute slap. So we it's, it just it balances out to the point that we get so excited about these these foreign wins, but then they get undone by the the, the home losses.
2: Yeah, these two teams are pretty strange, aren't they? They're just about everywhere else in the world. It seems almost impossible to lose at, at home. And South Africa and Australia seem to just be trading, losing away. Uh, sorry, winning away and losing at home. So it's, it's very strange.
0: Now, just looking ahead towards the ashes, and obviously that's going to be a big, big focus on the horizon. England are about to get absolutely thrashed in India. So, I mean, this isn't a great precursor for either side to go into a major like, setting like this. Is, is, there, is there any other new names that you think that should maybe be thrown into, into this test series to widen the net, so to speak, as far as maybe having a look at people in problem areas like six and top of the order?
2: I, th- I think the issue is going to be who's going to replace Adam Voges because I I would I'd struggle to see how he'll survive to the next Ashes. He, even if he does well here, he, he's you know he's relatively old. He's probably not going to hang around another year. Yeah. Um. So he, he's a problem. You've got Mitchell Marsh, who's a problem, and the, I, I guess the problem with the the finding new and upcoming batsmen is that the Sheffield Shield is nowhere near as strong as it used to be. So it's difficult to. To find anybody solid or strong enough to keep coming up. The reason Viraj is in there is because he topped the averages for you know years at a time. And there's there's no young batsman leaping up, you know, Lara Ponting or somebody like that to to, to stake their claim. Now maybe proven right, maybe somebody who comes out this Sheffield Shield summer and and you know tears them to pieces and, and secures a spot. But at the moment, nobody really leaps out to me saying, well, why are they in there? I remember like a few years back when Clark was just starting, Darren Lehman basically said, I'll step aside to give this youngster a chance. Uh, there's no one g- going to do that for any shift shield batsman at the moment.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up as far as, you know, we, we grew up kind of seeing this Aussie team where it'd be. I mean, even as a foreigner, you could basically name this team from 1 to 11, and one of them you know, is either having a child or got injured or something. Somebody would come in and they would be straight on the back of the fact that they're just averaging 7,000 in the Sheffield Shield. Now, would you say yep. domestic domestic cricket in Australia, like you say, it's not as strong as it used to be. What, what are the factors behind that? Why is there not more players coming through the domestic season like they used to?
2: I think I think the interesting thing is that the the pitches from what I gather have tended to be flatter over recent years. So it's been which which you know some people have surmised has been the problem with with going overseas on on either spinning or swinging tracks in, in the subcontinent or England. Uh, the batsmen just haven't had much of a chance to practice on those kind of pitches. And Now, have, having said that, over the the weekend, I think this was the second round of the Sheffield Shield. There was some ridiculous number of wickets lost. It was like 40 wickets lost on the first day of of the, all the three games that were taking place. So, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the pitches this summer. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, over the last few years, there, there's been a tendency to to blame the pitches for not being for being basically too similar, too boring, too flat.
0: Okay. So you wouldn't say it's like the big bashes have anything to do with this because generally, I mean, I'm not being prejudiced towards it, but if something's going wrong in cricket, find the nearest T20 influence and you can basically get your answer. It, would it be that people are getting more excited by that form of the game and the, the true blue test cricketer is kind of almost dying?
2: Uh, maybe. I'm not, I'm not necessarily convinced by that. That's certainly not the vibe I get in, in Australia. Uh, we do love our T20, but there's nothing quite as special as Test matches in Australia. I know that's different in other countries um, around the world who put more emphasis on T20s or ODIs. But Test is still uh, the prime prime format in in the Australian game. And the Shield, even though you know virtually nobody goes to watch it, the Sheffield Shield is still you know the biggest indicator there.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny that like it's exactly the same here in South Africa. There's what's called the Sunfoil Series. And um, I, I don't even know if they open the grounds to the public. I think they've just given up to the point where <laughs> if you have any interest in selling food there, they'll just be like, no, there's no chance. We're shutting all the doors because you'll get one camera. And it's always like it's it's never behind the bowler. The camera is slightly to the, the, like the offside. So <laughs> When you're watching highlights, you, you, you could never tell if there's an LBW or anything. People just basically give the guy yep. out, which is kind of frustrating. But, of course, with South Africa as well, we've got a lot of people who are, you know, there's a big excess of talent as well. And uh, the domestic game's not going so so flash. But it's a big surprise for us that we can have such composed um, players coming through and to be able to do something without Umla scoring, without A.B. even even being there, and Steyn again doing his customary shoulder break. Now, just getting on to – Yeah. Dale, uh, sorry. I
2: was just going to say it was an extraordinary performance. It was very impressive from South Africa.
0: So just getting on to, on to Dale Steyn now um, – he's well he 's my age so he's hardly he 's hardly young anymore uh, there 's another an actual fracture in the shoulder this time round um, like i mean i don 't want to be a, be too too pessimistic about this, but i mean i, I really don 't see him ever coming back to the, the level that he was like he had that big shoulder injury, tried to play through it, got worse, had a big time off, and exactly the same things happened again uh, Can you see any sort of change here as far as you know with with the well, the pressure on a modern-day bowler now to obviously do the T20, uh, because that's where the money is. Uh, test match cricket is bloody, bloody ruthless on on a body. I mean, could, you reckon this could be the the back of Dale as we've known him?
2: It wouldn't surprise me. I I feel that he hasn't been at I, at his peak. He, he was one of the greatest bowlers in history, and I don't feel he's been at his peak for a few years now. Uh, I remember a few years back he was just terrifying, and now I don't I don't I don't think Australians or any players in general are quite as scared of him as they used to be. Uh, so I think he's come off his peak and this is certainly isn't going to help. I, I, I don't think he'll ever attain the heights he did before. Be happy for him to prove me wrong, of course.
0: Well, yeah, it's just, again, it's like when you get older, your, your bounce back ability is nothing there. Like Mitchell Stark is still young enough to come back from freak leg wound injuries, whatever the hell happened to him. So I still think, you know, it's, it's, it's so sad to see, but, it's just really great how some of that can get a guy like Fernando Philander to probably come back in the form, which we saw in that first so, Um So with, with Rabada, you know, these guys have to actually step forth, which is really nice. So Dan, just going to that second test, what could we really expect from that Hobart pitch? I mean, we obviously know the WAC is hugely fast and bouncy. Adelaide's going to be there something for the seamers. There hasn't been a great deal of test cricket as far as we've seen from Hobart. Is there going to be anything unique about
2: the conditions? Not really. Hobart's a good batting track. Uh, last year, I think uh, Voges and Sean Marsh put on some ridiculous partnership that threatened to break every Australian record that that existed there. So it's, it's a good batting track. Um, immediately, immediately they were facing a West Indies attack at that point, so you know take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a good batting batting track. So expect a lot of runs. Uh, but you know, with 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 the with both attacks being pretty good. Uh, I mean, d- despite despite the second innings here, I still think the Australian attack is better than the Australian batting. Mm. So, I I, th- I think, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that the, there'll be a lot of runs scored, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if both teams manage to get a, a little bit out of it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, prediction prediction going forward, as we already are one 0 up.
2: Uh, I would I would really like to. Uh, to see it go to one-all and then go to Adelaide for a decider, but I'm not game enough to predict that. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go 2-0 to South Africa, then going to the decider. Which will obviously not, be a-, a non-decider, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, it would obviously be a result, and that's another great thing about this pink ball. It's definitely going to... You don't see too many pink ball draws, are we?
2: Yeah, that that's exactly why I want it to be, one-all going into the into the third test. That That would be fantastic. It's just a shame Stain's not going to be there. That was one of the things I was most looking forward to going to Adelaide to watch Stain bowl under lights.
0: With that pink ball, yeah. Um, the next assignment for the Aussies after this, Pakistan are going to be the next the next test opponents. Well, what do you make of that side at the moment? So, you know, obviously they've been playing in the UAE where I think teams get bored more than beaten as far as those, those wickets are concerned. Do you reckon they're going to be able to translate all the sort of supposed at home form into the, into the Aussie conditions?
2: I think they'll struggle. I think uh, most subcontinent teams struggle when they come to Australia. Uh, they, they certainly don't find it as easy to adjust as South Africa do. Uh, having said that, and uh, that they, they were recently ranked the number one team in the world for a reason, Uh they're they're a good team. You've, you've you've got Misbah, you've got Eunice Khan. So they've got a strong batting lineup. They've got good spinners. They've got you know a, a good attack in general. So I th- I think they'll struggle. I, th- I think. But if South Africa de- can damage the Australian confidence and get the, the selectors you know, mixing and matching and picking you know, new players, then Pakistan could be in for a chance. I, I'm sure Pakistan will be cheering on South Africa.
0: Very nice. Um, so what, else, what else is happening right now on the internet as far as your writing and that kind of stuff is concerned? I, I thoroughly enjoy the fact that you're taking old matches and giving player reviews. Now, if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with Dan's work at the moment, um, he writes mostly for the Raw, right?
2: Yeah, mostly for the raw. I do a little bit for the Greenfield Post, and I've done a little bit for Cricket 365 as well recently.
0: And uh, Dan does the greatest uh, player reviews on matches. I- I'm looking forward to this test match. I'm sure it's an absolute meaty affair. But the, the whole thing about doing past-, past matches, absolute genius.
2: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've just started doing, and South African fans probably won't want to read this one, but I'm doing the <laughs> 1999 World Cup semi-final. So feel free to give that a miss if you're a South African fan. <laughs> That I'll um. That's all I've got at the moment. All right, cool.
0: All right, so you can find more about more from Dan. Uh, Dan's commentary throughout the matches is 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 is, that's most of the reason to be on Twitter during a game. That's at uh, Lieb Cricket. So it's L I E B and then Cricket. You can find in there and then uh, just follow him on Twitter. You can find all the links to the various articles and stuff. He's actually pinned that uh, that um, essay meltdown semi-final with the player reviews there for your reading enjoyment. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Um, Hard luck in this first test. It's going to be very interesting and hopefully it does get to that um, decided in Adelaide. I'm saying it because I'm trying to be neutral. It's my new thing.
2: Very good, Dan. Thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks for your time, Dan. (laughs) See ya. All
0: right, that was Dan from Australia, who's not in, de- he's in decent spirits. I think, um, you know, just getting back to the, the, this aura that Australia has had, and I think, you know, growing up in South Africa, we always just looked at that and looked at them just rip through us and always win. And now the tables are really turning. And, um, look, I know that it's, it's been so well balanced as far as both teams do well away from home, but this last proteus result has been such a big thing as a confidence booster. But yeah, that's, um, the Dale Stane thing is not good. It really isn't. And it's, it's horrible to think that this could actually be the end of his career. Um, and I'm not saying that lightly either. It's just to know what goes into being a fast bowler. Anyway, this is his actual words and what happened. Oh crap. Sorry, hang on a second. I used the non- wrong knob. Uh, this is Mark Nicholas talking about him in the last test. I felt this pop or like a thud in my shoulder and um, a lot of pain and I had to go off the field, went for an MRI, and uh, we've got a clean fracture in a, one of the bones inside my shoulder over here.
2: Good to see you, Dale. I'm sorry that it's like this. We wish you well in your recovery. You're one of the most popular players going around. <laughs> yes, All right, Dale, staying
0: sad. So he's actually broken... <sighs> Like It's not ligaments. It's not a muscle strain or a little tear. He's actually broken a bone. And that's obviously going to be quite a thing to rehab on. But if anyone can come back, I mean, Dale is quite a natural athlete. He's managed to get through this far in his career. And it's only in the last few years he's actually come like this. But it's a confidence thing. When you know you can't bowl as fast, you know you can't rip it through like that. And um, yeah, that's unfortunately what's going to especially in conditions like Australia where pace is a big deal. So he can become maybe a better T20 player just to kind of prolong his career from here on. But it is kind of sad to know that, I mean, I would say he's SAS greatest of a fast bowler. I know Alan Donald was quite something and his career was cut short by, um, apartheid, of course, he didn't get to play in his real sort of youth. Sean Pollock was amazing and he was just an amazing all round player. He really was. But I think as Dan was saying, you know, Dale Steyn struck actual fear into the hearts of the opposition. Uh, we're not going to be able to see that anymore. Um, I know a lot just for the rest of this tour, but uh, past that, quite possibly, which is really, really sad. Anyway, we must uh, get into a couple of other things. I told you there's been an exciting weekend of rugby, it was an exciting weekend of tennis. So let's start with the tennis there and just come to terms with the fact that Andy Murray is the new number one in the world.
1: It's been his greatest season ever. And after 76 weeks of being number two, he's now the world number one. It's been quite a year. For Andy Murray. He's been playing some incredible tennis, maybe the best he's
2: ever played. The pursuit for number one of the world is an extra motivation for him, and you can see
1: the way he's been playing. Andy's playing yeah, amazing all year, but especially last few months. With the dominance of Roger, then Rafa, the same was doing Novak, and now basically Andy's taking that part. The way Andy's been playing, he's been playing like the best player in the world. It's great to see someone is trying to get number one. He's playing great tennis this year. Probably nobody deserves it more than Andy. And he's one of the best players in the history of tennis. He wants to win every match, every point, and I think he deserves it. It's Andy Murray who heads to the Barclays ATP World Tour Finals in pole position. Andy!
0: Yeah. So from being that sort of secondary kind of guy that was always going to be, well, he's, he's got potential, but can he do it? There he is. Top of the world. There he, he's had an incredible year. If you really look at it. Um, well, Djokovic has been faltering. Um, you know, Andy's just been doing so much. He won the Rome Masters. He won Queens. He won Wimbledon. Um, he got the Olympic gold again. Um, he won recently in China, Shanghai, Vienna, Rome. Sorry, I mentioned Rome already. Uh Paris, now they're going to that one that that finals tournament where all the top the top eight people in the world play. And credit to him, he's been a real grinder. And I think, um I mean then in a a tennis sense, of course, not a lifestyle sense. So it's it's really it's like it's just good recognition for what the guys put into the game and he's just been so solid and so consistent. For so long he was you knew he was good. He just didn't have that ability to kind of take away from players like Djokovic always been able to do. Didn't have that extra gear. But now, with the belief of winning all these games, you can just see it's just turned Andy's game all around. So, into the rugby, the Springboks were pretty average over the weekend 31 all against the Barbarians. Now, the Barbarians team is always a bit of a thorn in the side of the Springboks, and, um, well, this, there's various reasons for it, but uh, this was an opportunity for us to see some of his other talents, and credit to to supporting a squad system in this one. Um, the loose trio was useful, so useless though they were, just completely outbossed the whole way through that match. So it's very difficult to kind of get any sort of ascendancy when you're on the back foot at the breakdowns, and um, you know, securing good second phase balls. So. That's going to be a massive worry because you know the English team, even with all their injuries, uh, this coming weekend are going to be so strong in all the forward exchanges. That's they, they pride themselves in that, and they always have been so good like that. So it's difficult to see how the Springboks can possibly win it. I know the teams going to be slightly different this coming Saturday, but how on earth they're going to get ahead of England right now? I, I just don't see it. I, I, if they get less than sort of twelve points a loss, I think that's going to be quite an achievement. But there was, I suppose, some shining light in the back line over the weekend. Um, François Fenton was pretty handy on the outside centre berth, which is pretty much open to him, seeing as Sean de Jong is not there on tour. Jesse Creel has now gone home because he injured himself in the weekend. So François Fenton is very much going to be in there. But now, uh, Rowan Janssen from Rensburg has been kept on because of injury cover for Jesse Creel. But then you got to think, should they go and play De Allende, who hasn't been great, but obviously he's got the most experience as a number 12. Or is it the chance of saying, well, look, we haven't got the players we want right now. could see, I know he's not saying Jans from Rensberg was not going to be in his team ever. He just didn't want him at this stage because he was so his current requirements. The guy has definitely been the form player of this year in the back line. Um, great inside center, really strong, very dynamic, offers so much on attack. Um, so I reckon just... Just go with it. Give him the selection. I think he deserves it. And uh, if Lambie's going to be number 10 and Page will be at number 9, you've already got these guys having a game under their belts. You put in some other combination, they're going to try to find their feet against England. That is not a place at Twickenham to be finding your feet and finding your combo. So I think it's he's almost being forced into the selection hand. What happens in the forwards? Well, obviously, they're going to beef it up a little bit. So that loose trio will become a little bit more, more dynamic and a little more settled. But uh, I, I, I can't see it. The Wallabies were really good against Wales over the weekend. They beat um, yeah 32-8, I think the score was there. And Argentina, they were also in action. They beat Japan, 50 points to 20. Sorry, 54 points to 20. So, um, yeah, they've got a whole season or a whole month, basically, of the rugby. Now, the interesting thing about this Irish game where, um, well, I don't think anyone ever saw this game.
2: It will be one kick away. One kick for history.
0: The mighty All Blacks felled by Ireland for the first time in history. Their American dream has come true. It's taken 111 years, 29 meetings and so much heartache. Surely today Anthony
1: Foley their guiding light.
0: Like, okay, it really is just quite something to see. Firstly, the All Blacks lost, which is huge. That is the biggest, biggest upset. If they were to lose to anyone this year, it's an upset. The fact that they lost to Ireland, who have never beaten them. That's 111 years. Can you imagine that? 111 years. We spoke about Aura recently, uh, just some minutes ago, about the Aussies and the crickets. I mean, the Aura around the All Blacks is just something else. 111 years. At one stage, there were 30 points to eight up over New Zealand. New Zealand went with their first choice lock pairing which was a big shame, and um, that's just how rugby works. You get the engine room together, you will win more than you lose. So there were 30 points down to eight. They had a guy at Sinbend for a tip tackle. So the Irish took full advantage of all of this. And eventually, they won 40-29. Now, the all Blacks came back really hard at them. But then the Irish just weathered the storm. They scored again. And uh, it is a huge, huge win there, five tries. And um, people were saying that, you know, when the all Blacks go to Northern Hemisphere, obviously, the focus is a bit different. It's difficult for them to maintain the intensity. And one of the teams could have troubled them. So the play... Um, Island again on the 19th of November. So they get to have a bit of a rematch. In more traditional settings, they'll be playing in Ireland. This last game, of course, was being played in America, where they were using all kinds of different terminology to call this match, which is always very, very funny. So the All Blacks, the well, they are mortal at the end, and uh, they are beatable. But uh, can you imagine being the next team to play the All Blacks? You're going to get absolutely hammered. Hammered, hammered, hammered. It's not going to be pretty. So that was that for the weekend of rugby. Um... It was quite exciting to know that now Australia, whose season has not been great, they probably looked the best. Again, Wales was pretty limp. So SA are going to go against England. England now get this chance to prove that they are the second best team in the world. So it's going to be an exciting three weeks ahead. Italy are going to be thrown in the mix as well. They play the All Blacks. They play the Springboks. Uh, France are going to be in the mix as well. They're going to play the All Blacks. So if you haven't watched much rugby this this year for whatever reason it may be, this is a great way to end it because there's so many different dynamics at play here. And of course, after the World Cup, where none of the Northern Hemisphere team has made it into the semifinals, they've always got so much to prove on their home patch. So there's going to be some incredible matches there. Yep, that was the rugby. Uh, football-wise, the English Premier League, Liverpool are now on top Now, this isn't a massive surprise because these guys have been playing good football. They've scored some great goals, and they've been putting teams away. The thing is, though, they're always capable of just somehow losing to Burnley out of nowhere. So if they can eliminate that, and I'm sure um, Jurgen Klopp is very aware of that, this team might stay on top for a very long time, might even go all the way. They beat Watford 6-1. 6-1 6-1 as AK was pointing out earlier in the weekend wrap-up this is a very exciting team and it's not going to be too burdened by Champions League and all that kind of stuff as we get deeper into the season Man City well you know you go from beating Barcelona at home thinking that the world is now your oyster again Pep Guardiola's onto the right track blah 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 and then you draw 1-1 with Middlesbrough that is just embarrassing and uh, it's kind of ruined my betting for the weekend as well Anyway, so I'm not gonna to be too bitter about that. But yeah, Leicester they also looking very very dodgy at home, uh in the in the Premier League. They went down to West Brom two one. But Man United back in winning ways. Um it's I don't know if they Turn in the corner it's hard to say if they are a team who can turn a corner if they've got a lot of ongoing things to deal with Chelsea though well as fair to say they have turned it because by beating Everton 5-0 they're putting together a very handy win streak which isn't just about them winning it's about the amount of goals they're scoring the but about the football they're playing it's absolutely incredible the Arsenal Spurs London derby was well frustrating for both sides really Arsenal early on could have been two three goals up but, uh, they're just the one goal. Spurs, um, they, they fought back into it brilliantly. Uh, they got a penalty. Kane put it away. But both teams hit in the woodwork a couple of times there. So 1 1. That is all for all the football. Uh, this weekend we got to look forward to. There is the Brazilian Grand Prix coming back. So there's only two Grand Prix left the Brazilian one and then the Abu Dhabi one. And, uh, Lewis Hamilton, well, he's got all the things to do here. He has to work out that every single, forward from here two races left okay he needs to win both of them and then really just hope that something doesn't go so well for Rosberg because Rosberg can basically finish second and second and he'll be in um so yeah that's looking very very good for him but the big thing to get into for this week locally will be the ned bank golf challenge now south african golf has been really cool in that they've had lots of co-sanctioned events with the european tour those are going to start falling away so but surely whether we like it or not Um, and i'll put politics to that the fact that the da is going to be running these big metros they're not going to be putting a lot of money into these golf tournaments they'll be seen as frivolous expenditure it's kind of like the blue light brigade of the sporting things i mean there's lots and lots of millions going into this and i love golf and i would be the first to say don't take the golf tournaments away but People need that money a whole bunch more in this country than, um, you know, golf tournaments. It's not exactly a, an essential for society. So the Nedbank Golf Challenge has now become part of the final series of the European tour. So it's a lot more money at stake here. It's a bigger field. The bank always used to be very selective. It would be like a 12 man field and be the best, the best invitation. And of course, this is the first time you could win a million dollars for being a golfer in one tournament when only else Won it in its prime. I think he won 2.3 US uh, US dollars, 2.3 million US dollars. So there's always been a big money event, but now it's part of the the Race to final series, it's sandwiched in between the uh, the tournament in Turkey, which Thorbjorn Olesen just won, and then the DP World Tour Championship. So the top guys are going to be quite selective as far as what tournaments they play. When you consider before this thing starts, there's there's the tournament in China. So I don't think you're going to see the the, the real big guys going from China to Turkey to south africa back to dubai it's just too much travel wise it's difficult to kind of prep prep for yourself around these tournaments so rory McIlroy, he was going to play in turkey uh, because obviously time zone he's there in europe but then through security threats and worries he pulled out of that so it looks like Henrik Stenson is very much the favorite to win this thing now he's currently on top um danny willett's been trying to get back in there by just playing but he's just not in good form right now and uh, whenever he teases up something's going bad so he's trying to really grind his way into the into that title but it's not going to happen so if you are in the general karting area north of the country here in south africa the netband golf challenge has always been amazing and uh yeah there's gonna be a lot more interest and a lot more sort of emphasis on, on the importance of where this stands in the global golfing scheme right now so i would just drag it to sun city if you can friday is going to be an absolute dog show if you can get away on thursday then go for it it's going to be hot it's going to be great golf and there will still be some big names there's no rory McIlroy but there'll still be some good names and uh, that's something to look out for. That kind of wraps up for the weekend Um and for the week ahead. Well, it's just basking the, in the glory of what the protest has just done. When you look at that win, now there's been five wins, I think since uh readmission from 1992 and they've all been heroic affairs. I'm going to write about this during the week. I'm going to share some more with you. But it's just... Another the approaches, I've gone through the ups and downs. Uh, if you look at the World Cups, um, you know, people have been very disheartened by what's going on in SA Cricket. For whatever reason, someone's got to gripe about something. But if you just look at that team, what that team has done right now, whether you want to go on level of transformation, you want to go on general sporting fight, talent, um, teamwork, every single aspect there, what's happened now in Perth is a fantastic advertisement for South African sport. And those guys have every reason to feel so proud. And as, as supporters too. What an amazing, amazing achievement. If you go on the the sport, I'm sure they'll show highlights for the next four days on loop. You can never get away from too many highlights of a great sporting result. So to faf 2 well done to an amazing match. And just showing that you take away a bit of videos, we can still play. Hashan Amna can, cannot fire, we can still play. Dale day break's on, we can still play. And a lot of that's got to do with the fact that faf has come through as a leader and in a test match, it is one of the toughest sports to become a captain, especially when it's not your first-choice thing. Okay, final words for the week ahead. What
1: are you most excited about? Um, what's happening this week um, is the, there's no UEFA playing, right? I'm, I'm not sure what's happening, but I always uh, just catch... Be, yeah, a
0: little bit later. There's a bit of, bit of a break.
1: Yeah, so I always catch my my sport as, as, as the day comes. I don't usually plan ahead on what to look out for. But, yeah, man, I'm pretty excited for the England and um England and Springboks i know we're not going to get a good result but yeah man um I, and i'm one of those guys who've, who've actually not who've actually have not been watching a lot of rugby throughout the year so i think i should just you know knuckle down and watch the remainder of this um End of the year, Northern Hemisphere tour. Well, the English thing is going to be one of those learning experiences. It's like,
0: well, we know we're not going to win, but what are we yeah. going to do in learning? And uh obviously the, the, in the press all week we're not going to hear we're not going to win. They're going to hear about these false sort of confidence they're going to try to bring into the game. But it's it's a great opportunity for as you can see to be quite decisive as far as what it does with this back line. You know, we've got um we've got injuries, we've got players that are kind of moving on, players in the latter stage of their career. Um, it's about nailing some of that down now, and it's not going to be easy for him. Yeah. His whole job has been very difficult for him.
1: And, and that's the most exciting thing that, um, we're not going to be seeing the same backline, or it's, 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 we, as you said earlier on, Van Rensburg, I, I would also like to see him coming at 12, then Fenty, because they both played in the final of the Curry Cup. So why not, you know, play them? They, they look in good form. So yeah, I think that's the most exciting. I saw Ches and Colby. I think he was, he, he was in the squad as well. Uh, no,
0: Cheslin's just a bit too small. At this level, he will be eaten up alive. The, the Curry Cup final of a few years back showed this.
1: Oh, didn't I see? No, man. I, I, I thought, I thought I saw Chasing Kobe or it was some other nah, spot. Look, I, I, I could be mistaken. I, I'm, I'm often wrong. No, maybe I should
0: double check. <laughs> so that's this weekend. It'll be from Twickenham at around five o'clock, SA versus England. That's it for the Bounce show this week. If you've got anything else you want to bring up for future uh, episodes, future guests, all that kind of stuff, feel free to email me, ben at thebounce.co.za. Otherwise, um, yeah, share the podcast, chat to your friends and keep following me on Twitter. We'll get more. Discussions throughout the week, never ending in sport with discussions. Catch me at Follow the Bounce. Otherwise, go on to thebounce.co.za and you can catch all the different stories I write and a whole bunch of other stuff which is sporting and interesting. Thanks for joining us. Catch you back next week.
1: Cliffcentral.com